You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LEFC. This is week number nine of None Like Him. Today's teaching focuses on the truth that God is omnipotent. Thoroughly enjoyed walking this journey into God's attributes with you. And today we focus on his omnipotence. Arthur Pink stated that we cannot have a right conception of God unless we think of him as all-powerful, as well as all-wise. He who cannot do what he will and perform all his pleasure cannot be God. As God has a will to resolve what he deems good, so he has the power to execute his will. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we do acknowledge and we praise you that you are omnipotent. Forgive us for the times that we forget that that we fear you can't handle a situation, or even worse, that we think we need to jump in and take control. Lord God, just help us to trust in your all-powerful nature that is always all-wise and all-loving. Guide us now, Lord. Hide me and reveal yourself. Speak to each one of us the words that we need to hear through your Spirit. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray and we live. Amen. So some definitions of omnipotent that I found are all-powerful, limitless in power, infinitely powerful. What these convey is God can do what he wants because he is absolutely unlimited in power. He is not subject to physical constraints like man is. He even has power over all the forces of nature, over wind, water, gravity. And that limitless power is consistent. It never runs low, never needs to recharge. It doesn't matter how much power he uses, he still has the exact same left, which is an infinite amount. Arthur Pink wrote that God's omnipotence is the ability and strength whereby God can bring to pass whatever he pleases, whatever his infinite wisdom directs, and whatever the infinite purity of his will resolves. Stephen Charnock was a Puritan theologian who lived in the 1600s, and he stated the following, As holiness is the beauty of all God's attributes, so power is that which gives life and action to all the perfections of the divine nature. How vain would be the eternal counsels if power did not step in to execute them. Without power, God's mercy would be but feeble pity, his promises an empty sound, his threatenings a mere scarecrow. God's power is like himself, infinite, eternal, incomprehensible. It can neither be checked, restrained, nor frustrated by the creature. And additionally, God's power is what makes all of his other attributes so comforting. He has the command, the ability to execute what his mercy, his love, his goodness, his grace desire. And God's power is like himself. It is self-existent and self-sufficient. He receives it from no one, no external source. Think of all the items in our life with power. They are completely dependent on an outside source. Our electronic devices need to be plugged in to be charged. Our lights won't work if we're not connected to the main power grid. Even the windmills that seem to function on their own 
are completely dependent on the wind to move them and generate power. And we as humans, where would we be without our caffeine or at least a good night's rest to, to recharge our battery? Not so with God. One commentator pointed out that God did not rest on the seventh day because he was worn out from creating. He established the Sabbath pattern for our benefit. He had as much power and strength on day seven of creation as he did on day one. He has the power to create. He has the power to sustain. He has the power to destroy. Think of the great flood of Sodom and Gomorrah, of Satan. Let me read several scriptures describing God's infinite power. Psalm 62:11. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Psalm 115:3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Daniel 4:35. And all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, "What have you done?" Matthew 19:26. And looking upon them, Jesus said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Mark 14, 62. Jesus is before the council, and the high priest asks him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Luke 1.37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Do you believe that, ladies? Do you believe that there is no concern or situation in your life that is impossible for God? Habakkuk 3.4, his radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from his hand, and there is the hiding of his power. The ESV reads, and there he veiled his power. Let me read Pink's thoughts on that idea. Who is able to count all the monuments of his power? Even that which is displayed of his might in the visible creation is utterly beyond our powers of comprehension. Still less are we able to conceive of omnipotence itself. There is infinitely more power lodged in the nature of God than is even expressed in all his works. Parts of his ways we behold in creation, providence, redemption, but only a little part of his might is seen in them. So inconceivable, so immense, so uncontrollable is the power of deity that the fearful convulsions which he works in nature conceal more than they reveal of his infinite might. Think of that. It's kind of mind-boggling. Picture the waves crashing against the shoreline or the destructive force of a tornado or a, a hurricane. Think of when the trees are being bent over in half or a building is being leveled. And yet that is just a glimpse of the power of God. We do not even witness the full magnitude of his strength. Almighty is another word with a similar meaning to omnipotent. It is defined as having complete power, supreme, most high, preeminent, invincible, unconquerable. The word almighty is used 56 times in the Bible, and every single time it is about God. 
It is never used about a king or a mighty warrior. God and God alone is almighty. I'm not going to read all 56, but I will highlight a few. Genesis 17.1. Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God almighty. That was actually the first time that God named himself. Exodus 6.3. God is speaking to Moses. And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. Psalm 91, 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide or rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And Revelation 19, 6. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. And not just verses in the Bible, but so many stories from the Bible. Examples of God's power on display. Creation, parting the Red Sea, providing the manna every day in the wilderness for the Israelites. The walls of Jericho tumbling down, closing the lion's mouth for Daniel. And Jesus, raising Lazarus from the dead, calming the sea in the midst of a storm, healing the blind, the lame, the leper. And to increase our awe and wonder as if thinking about those acts weren't enough, keep in mind that so often this incredible display of power came as a result of the Lord simply speaking a few words. God said, let there be light. Jesus commanded, wind be still. And remember, ladies, God doesn't change. He cannot change. Those stories reveal the same power he has today. As I encouraged a couple weeks ago, when you reflect on these examples of God's omnipotence, say to yourself, yep, exact same God today. Yep, exact same God in my life. In his writing on God's omnipotence, Tozer puts forth three propositions about God's power. God has power that is revealed all around us. The vast starry sky, the deep ocean, the tall mountains. Romans 1.20 For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Secondly, God is the source of all power, whether it be power of intellect power of our spirit or soul, magnetic forces, gravitational pull, the wind. God is the source, and the source is always greater than that which it provides. Think about that. Would you ever claim or believe that the electricity in your house is greater than what's at the power plant? We would not want that. We want the source to be able to provide everything that we need. Philippians informs us, I can do all things. And it says how? Through Christ who strengthens me. Now as a side note, remember that it is all things that God calls us to do. It is not all things as we might desire or define. Tozer's third conclusion is that God gives power but still retains it fully. God delegates power to his creation, but he never relinquishes any of his own power. He gives it, but he doesn't give it away. I mentioned earlier that his power never lessens. Unlike people, 
as bosses or parents or a committee chair, if we completely delegate a task to someone else to handle totally, then we relinquish the power to do that ourselves. I sometimes attend the Monday evening um, exercise class that meets here in this room, actually. And this past Monday, it was such a gorgeous day, and I had spent seven hours sitting in a car driving home from Ohio. And so before darkness settled in, when we got home, I went for a really long walk. And I had originally every intent of coming to the exercise class that night. But my legs, I knew there was no way they were going to be able to come and do a jumping jack. Um, I felt like I had lost all the strength and power in my legs and didn't have any left for the exercise class. So I stayed home and got my jammies instead. Um, isn't it a comfort to know that that is not the case with God? We don't have to observe God's working in a mighty way in someone else's life or another situation and then worry, oh no, he's not going to have anything left for me. He's not going to be able to do something that amazing in my life. God cannot be less than omnipotent, all-powerful. He is not like a battery that eventually runs out and needs to be charged. He has every bit as much power now as when he spoke the world into being, and he will never have any less. Arthur Pink says this, Well may the saint trust such a God. He is worthy of implicit confidence. Nothing is too hard for him. If God were stinted in might and had a limit to his strength, we might well despair. But seeing that, but seeing that he is clothed with omnipotence, no prayer is too hard for him to answer, no need too great for him to supply, no passion too strong for him to subdue, no temptation too powerful for him to deliver from, no misery too deep for him to relieve. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We need to keep in mind that God's omnipotence is coupled with his omniscience and wisdom. When God says no, it is not because he can't. It is because he has determined it is not part of his perfect plan for us at that time. And all-powerful doesn't apply only to big and mighty acts like parting the Red Sea or raising Lazarus from the dead. It also applies to the small things in our life. Tozer wrote, Since God Almighty is omnipotent, always had the ability to do anything he wills to do, nothing is too hard, nothing is too easy for God. It's true that nothing is too big or difficult for God and his power. And that's often where we focus our thoughts and belief about his omnipotence and how we encourage one another with the really big issues like a cancer diagnosis, a prodigal child, a job loss. And that is appropriate to do. Clearly, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is too big for him. But yet in the same vein, nothing is too small or mundane. Nothing is too insignificant for God and his power. Many years ago, my daughter Emily was six years old, and she was vomiting repeatedly. And as she was kneeling in front of the toilet bowl, and I'm holding her hand back and wiping her forehead with a washcloth, she looks up at me and she said, Mommy, can you please pray for me? I keep asking God to help me stop, and he keeps saying no. Oh, broke my heart. Um, but I loved that my daughter, two things. I love that she believed God had the power to help her stop vomiting. 
And I also believed, uh, I also loved that she believed that it was important enough to him to keep asking him over and over again. It was a request worth presenting to him. She wasn't worried that the creator, sovereign, almighty God was too busy with significant issues like starving children in Africa or wars that were waging around the globe to be bothered by this. And man, you can bet at that moment I appealed to God and his mercy and compassion to help this little girl stop vomiting who was putting her trust in his power and his care for her. We should be so extremely grateful that the omnipotent God who is sustaining the universe still cares about a little six-year-old girl in Milford, Pennsylvania who's vomiting. Yes, he is mighty in power and acts, but that does not mean that he doesn't have time for the little concerns in your life. Hebrews 1.3 says, He upholds all things by the word of his power, and all includes you and I. Tozer wrote, The great God Almighty stretches forth his broad wings and moves upon the wind. God will hold you up. He will keep you if you turn yourself over to him. He will hold you when nothing else can. Nothing will be able to destroy you. It is God who holds all things together. Therefore, I cannot for the life of me see any reason in the world why anyone should be fearful and timid, saying, I'm afraid I can't make it. I'm afraid God can't keep me. God can keep the stars in their courses and the planets in their orbits. God can keep all his vast display of might everywhere throughout his universe. Surely God can keep you. He upholds all things by his power. This almighty God who controls the universe is the same God who taught us through the words of his son to pray, Our Father. The all-powerful God who spoke the mountains and oceans and sky into being has your name engraved on his palm. He knit you together in your mother's womb, and he knows the number of hairs on your head. And we can have intimacy with that omnipotent God. In fact, God desires that kind of relationship with us. He inclines his ear to us and bids us to come. He encourages us, come to me, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Almighty God, King of kings, creator and sustainer of the universe, yet calls himself a father to the orphan and a husband to the widow and our bridegroom. No problem too big, no problem too small. I want to look at a story in the Bible about a woman who was desperate for Jesus' power, and her actions demonstrated her belief in that power. I'm going to read Mark 5, and I'm actually going to back up a couple verses and start in verse 21 just to give more context. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman 
who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This woman was desperate to experience the power of Jesus. Nothing she had tried for 12 years had helped her to stop bleeding. Doctors, money, nothing had worked. The shame, the discouragement, the frustration, the temptation to give up. But she had heard about Jesus and the miracles he was performing. She had to go to great effort. She had to push through the crowds just to get close enough to Jesus to touch his clothes. She wasn't looking for or expecting some dramatic healing on display. She just wanted to touch Jesus, to feel his presence, and that would be enough because she had such faith in his power, and it was enough. And what I love about this story is how it clearly exemplifies the two sides of our relationship with the Lord Yes, almighty power, just touching his robe was enough to be healed. High and mighty is he. And yet, Jesus stops, looks around to find her, and calls her daughter. Intimate, close, personal. Dear friends, are you desperate to see God's power in any area of your life? Are you willing to fight through the crowd to get close to him? Do you believe that he is enough for you? Your crowd most likely isn't throngs of strangers, of a lot of people. It's a crowd of distractions, of a busy schedule, of financial pressures, of relationship strains. Maybe it's even a crowd of doubts. Is this too impossible for even God? Is he powerful enough? Okay, maybe he's powerful enough but does he care enough? Is this too insignificant? Fight through whatever crowd is keeping you from being close enough to touch his robe. Fight through, reach out to him, and feel his power pour into your life, your situation, your pain. Tozer said all of God's children ought to be infinitely bigger inside than outside. As the song says, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in me. Trust in God's omnipotence. Don't hesitate to ask him for hard things because nothing is too difficult for God. And don't hesitate to ask him for little things because he cares for you more so than for the flowers of the field that are here today and gone tomorrow. But in both cases, 
trust in his all-knowing wisdom. If his answer is no or not now, it's not a matter of ability. It's a matter of his perfect plan. We can't explain God's power, how it works, why he uses it in certain ways at certain times and not others. Next week, we will talk about his sovereignty, that he is all-powerful and has the full authority to use that power however he deems best. We don't need to know how or why. We just need to know that the omnipotent God can untangle any knot in our life, including our own sinful nature. Let me read some thoughts from Tozer. But I don't have to know. I put my hand in God's hand, and he says, you just come along, and I'll take care of everything. I can make creation, and I can keep it. And I can bring about incarnation, and I can bring about atonement, and I can bring about resurrection, and I can bring about your resurrection. And so it is with forgiveness and cleansing from sin and the breaking of habits. That ugly sin that has been on you for so long, you hate it so bad, it's been there so long you wish you were free, but you just don't have the courage to believe. I appeal to you, dare to believe that the Lord God omnipotent lives and with him nothing shall be impossible. He has all the power there is. Your need is nothing compared with the great things that God has done. God pardons your sin and cleanses your spirit and gives you his nature just as easily as he makes the heaven and the earth, because God is God. God can deliver you from temper and pride and fear and hate and all other diseases of the soul, if you'll only trust him. I love when Jen pointed out that Jesus demonstrated power over the physical realm in order to point us to his power over the spiritual realm. No greater miracle than transforming a heart of stone to a heart of flesh or conquering that besetting sin, as Tozer pointed out. Have you been bleeding for 12 years? Tempted to give up? Fight through the crowd. Reach out to Jesus. Experience his power and his love. Both are infinite towards you. Hear him call you daughter. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, I'm sorry. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Please pray with me. O oh Lord, just help us to reflect on that story in the Bible that the woman had so much faith in your power that she was willing to fight through the crowd knowing that just getting close enough to touch you would be enough because you are enough. And I love, Lord, how you turn to look at her and call her daughter as you do with each of us. Oh, Lord, help us to remember there's nothing too big and nothing too insignificant for you. You care about everything in our life. May we trust in your power. And when the answer is no, may we trust in your wisdom and great love for us. 
We pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen.